Yes, you are in the right spot. Um, this is my first time hosting a Twitter event. I'm not really a big Twitter guy myself up until now. A uh, little bit about me. I am a mortgage agent, real estate investor, and Dan and I host a little podcast called The Canadian Real Estate Investor. I'm going to be supported tonight by Vijesh, who is a day one uh, and uh, has been here the whole time. He's, he's going to be playing a little technical role for me. So thanks, Rajesh. Shout out to you. And I'm joined by Nevin and a whole bunch of other great realtors who are going to tell us about what is going on as we go over the Korea stats and talk about what's happening coast to coast. So if there's any issues um, with me trying to get people in, I'm just going to ask everyone for a little bit of patience. As uh, again, as I said, this is my first time so if you want to speak it's probably easiest to request and i will be letting people in like that so just to start off uh i'm gonna just read over some of the quick korea stats here um going over best performing monthly markets with bancroft at 1.1 percent st john's newfoundland at 0.7 percent newfoundland with a clean 0.0 Saskatoon with zero point one minus zero point one, PEI minus zero point four, Brantford, Ontario minus zero point nine, Kingston and the area minus one, Regina, Calgary and Oakville tied at one at minus one point one, and Vancouver Island and Winnipeg at minus one point five. So why don't we uh, get things started here, Nevin? Do you want to jump in while I add these? Uh, while they add these other people, and thanks for sending them to me. Nicholas Shines. Absolutely, absolutely. Thanks for coming and to the I rescue. So. There. <laughs> it's only fitting. I mean, we have, we are, you know, amongst take out Bancroft, we are the the only major market to show an increase in price. So I think it makes sense for me to kick it off. So. Yeah, no, so very funny market here, guys. Wanted to talk to you about that, uh, you know, talk about that. I don't know how much longer we'll be posting in the positive, but I expect just a little bit yet. Um, we've, we're in a bit of a unique market in that we're 
I mean, we're really small, right? Like over, like the St. John's metro area is like 250, okay? 250,000. There's only like 550, 560 in all of Newfoundland. So, um, you know, it's a pretty small market. And so it doesn't take a lot to drive the economy. And we're really an energy, um, really an energy hub, like a lot of offshore oil, but also a lot of hydroelectricity. And there's some big projects happening now too with hydrogen out of Europe and stuff. So there's a lot of activity, a lot of economic activity, all energy driven. Plus the mining sector here is going, you know, is going absolutely crazy. So like some of these high commodity prices that have been a real drag, you know, uh, you know, for, from inflation standpoint and putting strain on the economy actually benefits us. So like back in 2008, when the, you know, housing markets melted down, it was the hottest market we ever had. In fact, 2021 was the first year that we've beaten 2008 in terms of uh, transaction volume. So we sort of work opposite um, for most of Canada, some of the slumps in real estate over the last 20 years. That's when we're hot. And from 2014 to, you know, leading into COVID, our market sucked. And I actually looked so far year to date in our market. There's just over 2,500 closed sales from January 1 to today. Well, that beats every single full year from 2015 to 2019. So that's a five-year period where if we didn't sell another home this year, we'd still beat that five-year stretch every single year. So a bit of a funky market that way. So I do think that you know we're sort of going to go against the grain for the rest of the country at some point these interest rates got to do you know got to really halt that here i think we're starting to see it so i pulled the summer data for us and right now year to date uh sorry on this this summer um we had uh, just under 1100 sales last year was just under 1300 so the sales volume for the summer was down 15 and a half percent but the but you know the median price per foot, which I do like to look at here. We we don't have a very uh, uniformed uh, product selection here, so I find price per foot tends to work really well for really understanding the direction of the market. Um, pricing was up compared to last summer eleven percent. Now that's really rare for us to see double digit du- double digit increases because last year, with it being our best year ever in terms of sales volume. Pricing only went up a little over 8% for the year. So, you know, we haven't seen these, you know, real exponential um, increases in prices. So we're actually only starting to see some of this double-digit stuff right now. So, but with the volume dropping, that can't go. I mean, we all know that volume leads and price lags. So I think that we might see um, a pullback. But, I mean, we've got a little bit of a buffer here, I think. And we've got a few other, other factors. I mean, when you're only a you know, a market of really a quarter million, you know, with some strong economic activity can, can really carry you through. So that's sort of what I had here for our update. I mean,
anecdotally on the ground, if there's any other Newfoundland agents here that want to chime in, just ask to speak and, and we'll let you in. Um, you know, I, I'd be interested in your in your opinions. But, um, you know, I'm starting to see some signs of a pullback. Like in the last couple of weeks, we're seeing agents open houses again. We haven't had those for two years. You know, where, um, and you know, they're starting to come out now where, you know, you, you do your lunchtime open house for the agents, serve a lunch or do a gift card draw or whatnot. I mean, that, that wasn't done for a couple of years. I've got three of those requests, the invites or whatever today. Um, talking to some agents, you know, they got a property that they think was, you know, they were expecting to have multiples or sell right away. They listed it right after Labor Day. They still don't have an offer. So we're starting to see, I think, some softening from that standpoint. But, um, and we, you know, and talking with some mortgage professionals, they're doing a lot of client maintenance. It's not that they're not busy. They're not stopping, um, take, you know, doing applications and whatnot. But now they become really busy with people sort of really concerned about where rates are going, managing their mortgage. Does this impact them buying a home or making a move? Or, hey, maybe they bought in the last couple of years and did a variable or something. Now they're wondering about what they need to do to protect themselves against that. And, Nick, I mean, I know you're in the mortgage space. What, you know, are you finding that there's a lot of, you know, past client maintenance happening now is that uh, would that be would that be consistent? One hundred percent. I love that term as well. There's been a lot of there's been a lot of that more. And you know, I haven't been in the in the mortgage space for for too long, but I've been in the real estate and construction space for a while. And and yeah, it's it's. Uh, I mean, you know how it is. There's there's a lot of you know quote unquote free work, and then there's a lot of quote unquote client maintenance, and and those are both happening right now but i want to go back to something you said and you know the return of the open house which i think is is great because i also i think we can call you know this month or the last few months the return of the home inspection as well have you been seeing uh that coming back and and kind of like what's the buyer you never stopped okay that's really we never stopped and i that's something i'm pretty proud of for uh, you know of our industry locally the only you know, I can't say only, but in the rule of thumb was the only time people were waiving their home inspection here was when it was an Ontario buyer. <laughs> okay. Like, you know, realistic or maybe other parts of, you know, Canada, but not locally. And the agents didn't push it. So if you wrote an offer, let's just say you were one of six or one of seven offers, generally speaking, they were all going to have a home inspection. Like it, we, we didn't pull back on that and we didn't encourage clients to pull back on that in general. Just that doesn't mean that, you know, we necessarily, you know, we're too friendly in terms of home inspection results, in terms of, you know, correcting items and stuff, because, hey, it was a seller's market. But that level of due diligence never really left our market. And that's, you know, that's something I'm very happy about because I I, I just heard so many horror stories. So I'm glad it's coming back elsewhere. I I think I think that it should be a mandatory part of a real estate transaction. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, especially with, I think, the damage that was done with, um, you know, the, just the ignorance, lead, the blind leading the blind during during those times where, where that kind of dissipated. I, I also would love to hear any any kind of anecdotes on, on buyer sentiment. What's the industry chatter out, out that way? Or what, I mean, you mentioned client maintenance. Is that, are you seeing a lot of that? Are people not listing or pulling back? Um, and then as I just wanted to, again, touch on, are you still seeing multiple listings and bidding wars because i know and I, i'm looking forward to hearing from agents elsewhere but i know in toronto and the gta agents that i speak to are still seeing multiple offers and bidding wars on, on certain asset classes i'd say here that if the price is falsified 
there's there's a bidding war. And if it's a really unique hot property, there's a bidding war. And outside of that, no. But I would say that, you know, your your um say, like the sale price to list price is pretty tight. You know, so that's not it hasn't transitioned to like a real negotiating market, but you know, you might just be like, Okay, well, I'm not competing, but I'm not going to mess around. This price is pretty fair. Let's offer, you know, asking or, or close to it. You know, like I have a house closing tomorrow. It was one of the, um, it, you know, it was probably one of the most negotiated transactions I've had in the last year. Like I represent the seller. I think we were about 10 grand high in our price. They negotiated 14,000 off. We're probably yeah. realistically four grand below where our list price should have been. We just sort of, we thought we might sneak a little extra money. You know, y'all, we, the price is elastic. You got to try to push it sometimes. Right. So, um, but overall, like, I mean, but the market, you know, it doesn't like the list price for the most part, we only had a small period of time here where the list price wasn't that accurate. So like for the most part, the list price was still real. Now, if you had multiples and you went over sure, and only realistically, all of the silly deals I've seen were not local buyers. Because, I mean, we have low-priced real estate here, right? I mean, our, I think our average, our median sale price, I'll just pull it up like what it's been this summer. So the, this past summer would be the highest uh, price that we've ever had. And if I look and see what that was, just give me one real quick second, Nick, because I'm just going to yeah, grab this. And um, so this would be the highest that we've had. And for a median sale price, you know, we're dealing with 357 yeah, I mean that's substantially less than the. I think that's almost half or or less than half of the of the national average being in the high sixes or sevens. I'm sure someone knows that stat off. Uh, and that and that is the highest. Like that, that's probably yeah. the first time we crept over. Like it's not over three fifty for the yearly pricing. That's just this summer, you know. So that be that would be like you know sort of our peak, right? So that's St. John's Metro, and what you'll find here is there ain't there isn't a hell of a lot of a difference in the price, like directly in the city, and you know the outlining communities that make up the metro area. Pricing's relatively consistent. You know, you go outside of town, you're saving, you know, maybe twenty grand or something. Like it's not like a big change. So you know, you're still buying a quality home in the city of St. John's for sub four hundred. Yeah, that's, I mean, those those are great prices. And I think those are prices when you say a silly deal, though, you know, there's Ontarians listening, salivating at those prices. Could I just pull, I think, the national average here at 637, 673. So again, well, well below that. What about the, uh, before we before we move on here, what, Nevin, what about the multifamily market and the investment market? Have you seen, because I've started to see prices on some of those, uh, drop a little faster than prices on, you know, your standard single family. Is that something you've noticed in the East Coast? No, well? so, our, so our our vacancy rate right now was well below 1%, okay? And we have really shitty zoning here. Almost everything is R1. You don't have multifamily. So multifamily is really rare. So when it comes up, if anything, I would say that's what prices has increased on the most. And the reason I say that, for the first time ever, I feel we have buyers that actually look at income and from a price standpoint as opposed to just you know compare, comparable properties. Like nobody here is ever priced based on rental income. 
It's like the home is, you know, it's comparable properties worth 300. It doesn't matter if this thing's pulling in an extra thousand dollars a month in rental income, you know, people price. So it's been like the, the investment property here has been very unsophisticated. So in terms of its approach, it's pricing, which has created tremendous opportunity for people who know what they're looking for. Right. And people have taken advantage of that. And with a lack of supply. So I've seen stuff where I think that, you know, there's some multifamily stuff that's probably up. You know, if the market's up twenty or thirty thousand dollars on the year, like this stuff might be up a hundred, hundred fifty. So it's wow. uh, because people are actually understanding what they're buying, and um, so I, that's that's the funny thing, and that's why and that's why it's important we have these conversations from coast to coast. Because to me, real estate is hyper local. There's different trends everywhere, and there's there's you know it's it's very interesting. Um, so like. You know, I, in fact, I, like I'd like to turn it over next to, to Scott Ziegler because he's out of uh, Saskatchewan, which to me is another market that's very interesting. That you know, like um, pricing has sort of been disconnected from rental income and stuff. That's why you know there's been such great returns on investments and stuff out there. We've covered that in in some of the um, posts. So you know, I don't know if they've seen that in Saskatchewan. That's that's my big question. I was wondering has Saskatchewan seen those kind of changes the way we've seen it with investors really you know honing in on the returns yeah great great question thanks nevin scott did you want to jump in there yeah can you hear me i got you good good yeah you know what i I, it sounds like our market is very you know east coast west coast sort of a system market to uh to what nevin was saying Our, our average sales price is pretty pretty bang on the same um, one thing that we have right now is inventory is still, and I'm sure this is the case in many of the smaller markets, our inventory is still historically low at, at 10 year lows, actually, for, you know, for the end of uh, August heading into September. So that has prevented our prices from softening too much. Um, I agree um, with Nevin that, uh, you know, somebody asked me, are the interest rates taking a bite out of the market? And I said, well, ask, ask me in 30, 60 or 90 days because it, they, it hasn't really yet, but I can't see that it won't. Um, I think, you know, from a national discussion, one thing, if there's a claim to fame for, for Saskatoon and the, even like the whole Saskatchewan market, but Saskatoon really is, I would think that the best place to invest in our province is that the, the return on investment here is phenomenal. Um, the upfront cost, you know, to get into a property to what you can generate in a rent here, um, for, for everybody listening, you know, outside of, you know, the smaller markets and to the, you know, to the big, um, central Canada, the return on investment is, is phenomenal here. I mean, you can get a nice side-by-side duplex for between three and 400,000 and you're somewhere between, a month rent, you know, for that duplex. Um, One thing that Saskatoon, so that's, that's a a huge positive, I think for, for our market. I mean, from a a real estate investment perspective, I think one of the downsides to our market is that we like throughout the pandemic, I think we peaked at about um, 16, 17, 18% price growth where i mean you know you you look at some of uh you know daniel's stats and the the gta some places were up 90 100 percent those markets have already fallen you know 30 40 or 50 where the saskatoon market like in your opening statement is you know just ticked down uh you know a little bit so we don't 
get the big price increases here, but we also you know, are protected on the back end where we don't see the big price decreases. So from an investment standpoint, Saskatoon is, is very, I mean, extremely affordable to get into. Our vacancy rate, much like Newfoundland, is 1% or less. Our rents are really, really high. University town, lots of employment, lots of entrepreneurship. Um, but if you're looking for major appreciation, that's probably the one drawback to our market. Yeah, really interesting. And just to just to reiterate that Saskatoon is, is minus 0.1. So yeah, just barely any movement there. And uh, I apologize if I'm if I'm making these questions investor focused, I, I can't really help us. So I'll try to try to not do that. But I'm, I'm just gonna ask you one more question here, Scott. Um, Nevin had mentioned that, you know, quote unquote, the silly deals he was seeing. And I'm assuming that essentially means out of province buyers, uh, probably from Ontario, maybe, maybe out where you are, maybe from Vancouver as well. Is that a lot of what you were seeing and is that still there? And then maybe you could comment on, you know, uh, open houses and, um, and, uh, the return of, uh, home inspections and then just comment on that. For sure, and I can I can echo a lot of what Nevin said here in Saskatoon as well. The the, the home inspections were never like we we went to that offer presentation, you know, listed on a Thursday, no no offers till a Sunday. So there was some probably the odd house that um, um, you know that that somebody went in cash or that kind of thing. But I would say for the most part, your your standard conditions were still there. Sellers were just taking the highest price. Um, I. One of my, I'm a realtor here in the city, so one of my big marketing, you know, channels for out of province investors is YouTube. I, I run a fairly successful YouTube channel, and so I get calls, you know, if not daily, weekly from primarily, um, you know, uh, C- Central Canada. I mean, there are a few from from Western Canada as well. Um, I don't think we've seen anything really significant as far as quote-unquote stupid or silly deals here from out-of-province investors. I I think, you know, the odd one that came across our system might even have been, you know, just local people thinking that, hey, the right house came up, inventory's low, it's backing the golf course, It's that that house is not going to come up again for another four years, we we better go all in on it. Um, But I know for a fact that um, out-of-province buyers have bought a lot of rental property and um and maybe the last thing i'll say is um you know you asked evan about like the multifamily. here we do have lots of houses with basement suites um duplexes our zoning is stupid here too no triplexes very few fourplexes and then you know even our apartment building six eight twelve you know plus we don't have a ton of those and we do get a lot of calls from out of province investors asking about the apartment style stuff but I find that they're far less serious than the investor that comes in and says, Hey, I'm just, you know, I got a couple hundred thousand dollars. I'd love to get a duplex. I want to start, you know, a return on my investment. So lots of serious sort of mom and pop investors here, you know, duplexes, houses with suites, um, not very many serious, like big multifamily investors uh, come out this way. Yeah. Good, good to know. I mean, I, to be honest, it, it doesn't, shock me i feel uh you know the small cap mom and pop style investors are definitely going to be attracted to a market like that with with that lack of barrier to entry and still those you know that cash flow that you're probably getting that cash flow almost matches a uh you know with a gta city um speaking of the gta i see uh, i see my old friend tyson on here who's from guelph uh where where i actually went to school guelph which is also down 
minus 4.4%. Tyson, I know you're in the car. Did you want to hop in and give us a quick update from the streets of, of Guelph there? Or let me know if you're if you're behind the wheel and not feeling up to it. Yeah, I'm behind the wheel, but uh, hands-free. So if you can hear me, I'm good. <laughs> there to you go. go. Yeah, we got yeah. you. Yeah, so uh, you know, Guelph is uh, Guelph's one of the low performers on the uh, on the latest August stats. Where, like you said, we're down four and a half percent or so. Um, but over the last uh, four or five months, Guelph's actually been a little bit more resilient than uh, some of the other uh, similar sized metros around here. And um, we talked about that a little when we went coast to coast. Um, you know, in, in May, I think uh, maybe even a little bit earlier because because Dan had a a bull or bear case, um, you know, sort of analysis he wanted us to all, to sort of all lay out. And um, one one thing when it comes to, you know, Kitchener, Waterloo, Cambridge and that, um, you know, some of those other areas have been harder impacted on the way down, but they also they also peaked harder. Um, you know, so we're seeing, you know, a 300 to 400 percent increase in supply from from the lows. Uh, you know, days on market numbers are, you know, triple what they were um at, at peak and um yeah i mean at, at this point the uh you know the smart sellers are, are seeing feels like what kind of offers they can can get and um you know if you if you get an offer uh which isn't a guarantee um you're more or less you're more or less taking it um you know you, as a realtor you try and squeeze um every bit out for a seller that you can but at the end of it uh you know, if you if you're lucky enough to be someone with a buyer at the table, uh, you're far and away better than than everybody else is. So that's sort of gone for for Kitchener, Waterloo, Cambridge, um, surrounding areas uh, here as well. And um, I expect that uh, I expect that trend to continue. I mean, the only positive here is that, you know, we were we were down uh, nearly double digits at uh, at the, the heat of the summer there. So to see, you know, a low to mid single digit decline is is maybe the the solace uh, you know some some sellers are looking for, but uh, yeah, there, there's not really uh, an end in sight. It doesn't feel like uh, you know, like like you mentioned, there are still the odd property that that does garner the multiple offers, but you know, same as same as Nevin, it's got to be it's got to be unique, or or like you said, it, the price has to sort of be artificially low. Um, otherwise, uh, yeah, otherwise you're among you're among the masses and uh, not a comfortable spot to be uh, as a seller by any means. Yeah, that's, that's great stuff. Thanks Tyson. I mean, I think, and you know, by full clarification, again, I, I'm, I'm not a realtor. I do speak with realtors every day and, and analyze properties nonstop. And I think what I've been um, seeing with the stuff that goes for multiple offers that, that isn't seemingly underpriced. It. uh, it seems that it's it's turnkey, beautifully renovated stuff, and I think that probably also has to do with the cost of construction. People aren't going to go and buy a fixer upper necessarily at this point and have to sink, you know, one hundred fifty, two hundred fifty thousand dollars into it for a uh, for a gut job renovation with the price of construction and and the and the delays in in construction, the labor shortage. Yeah, um, like anic- sorry, anecdotally. Go ahead, yeah. On- yeah, one thing on that, uh, Nick. I don't know if um, other people are seeing it in their markets as well, but it had been virtually impossible to get contractors. And, and I'm finding uh, again, you know, it might just be here locally, but 
Um, some people are advertising openings for the fall, um, and, and that might speak to you know people that are either you know stretched thin or are now afraid to dip into that HELOC or or, or uh, some other capital that they want to have liquid um, and spend it on a reno. So um, yeah, just just anecdotally, it feels like there's maybe a little bit more uh, opportunity to uh, you know to to get a contractor if you want one but you're right buyers can be more discerning now so unless the property really speaks to them you know the flaws that were were willing to be overlooked for a good long time uh you know buyers are certainly not overlooking anything you're either you know taking that off the uh the offer price or you're just passing on that property altogether and uh you know when you're prepping a, a property for market these days like you're really having to do a lot of that that for work you know spend you know when you spend the money to, to get it ready for market whereas before you know a, a buyer buy anything because the, the, the inventory <laughs> wasn't there so so you're telling me you're doing open houses and you got cookies and celery sticks and stuff out again or what yeah, I'm not a big celery stick guy, but yeah, more or less for sure. <laughs> uh, good to know. Um, who else Nick, do we have in here? Nick, I was ahead, hoping Nick. that uh, I was hoping that we could bring it back east, you know, because I think we got a good thing going here, east west, then like more central. I, I it's couldn't a great agree divorce. more. So James Dwyer's here for Halifax. He's here to represent and tell us about um, Halifax. Uh, if you could add him as a speaker, because he's still just there as a listener. I just did. Okay, so. Oh. Nevin, do you have time for a quick question? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so I'm actually from St. John's myself. And when earlier today, when Dan put out that tweet noting that St. John's was the only market that was not one of, I think, three of the only markets that was not going down in price, the first thought that jumped to my mind is, um, well, uh, you know, the oil and gas prices are going up a lot this year. And uh, this happened the last time prior to that oil crash in 2015, uh, the St. John's real estate market had been doing really well for a couple of years uh, then as well. So I was just wondering, do you think that this is kind of like an oil and gas related thing while why uh, St. John's is sort of like defying the national average? Well, somewhat. I mean, it's definitely well, because it's not just oil and gas from the standpoint of um oil and gas as the standpoint of an industry, but the royalty regime, the way it's set up for the provinces, I mean, that makes, like, when oil was down in the two, like, you know, in the gutter, like, it still made up 30% of our revenue as a province. Yeah. Right? It's so critical. But in addition to last time, so, like, you referenced the last oil boom, it was, like, 07 to, like, 14, right? Like, that range. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But now we have a really vibrant mining industry, yeah. Um, and the tech industry's exploded here. Like the largest ever, um, you know, uh, I guess tech buyout or whatever in Canadian Verifin, it's, which is a financial, uh, you know, uh, online security company, was purchased by NASDAQ last year for, oh, I think it was $3.3 billion. And um, I mean, that and all the employees here had stock options. So, like, it made a lot of millionaires and a lot of, like, di- deep six-figure lump sum, like, injection into the local economy. So that's still spinning, right? So there's a lot more to it than oil. But if you take oil as the backbone and then put some supports around it, it's yeah. going to be strong. It's just too small of a market. Yeah, yeah. And I, I also, because I, I, I moved to, um, to Nova Scotia recently. I'm from St. John's, but I, I'm living in Scotia now. And what I, I've noticed is that the market in Halifax just got like crazy expensive 
like I think rent on a one bedroom in Halifax now is like seventeen hundred a month, which is like, dude, that's like Toronto five years ago kind of level. <laughs> well, that's that that's a hell of a segue for James in Halifax. Yeah. Take it away, James. Yeah, no worries there. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah, no Halifax um, for us. Um, we peaked out at uh, medium price at five eighty. That was in April. Uh, we've now dropped down to four thirty five, so a little over twenty five percent drop from the peak on medium prices. Our inventory, um, but sorry, before I finish off on that, but year to date has been uh, as all markets uh, very uh, front loaded. Um, so you know, it's been. I think we're still up eight percent from from twenty twenty one. Um, inventory wise for us, again, same issue. We don't have enough of it. Um, our market's a little bit insulated between the Irving ship, uh, building contracts, uh, from rebuilding Canadian Navy, um, you know, a large financial sector here that's been growing, uh, exponentially here between call centers for like CIBC and et cetera. Um, the inventory numbers and our building issues here are, are, are are challenging. Um, we have a severe issue with uh, talent here, uh, trades. Uh, can't get enough of them here. So a lot of the uh, bigger builders that are coming out of Ontario and so forth doing uh, developments uh, are making those comments. Uh, so and then, you know, small things our province has been doing now is to kickstart things by doing, you know, if you're in the trades, first 50K, you're not going to be taxed on by the province. Um, trying to get more 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 trades out this way the city actually in halifax has revamped its entire zoning uh system so originally we had that you know traditional r1 r2 stuff uh lots of trial lots of fourplexes but now we've got a center plan uh, essentially that's encapsulating downtown halifax or the peninsula and downtown dartmouth um all all properties now are considered r2 uh, big push right now on garden suites in the back um Market-wise, we've seen a lot of people kind of jump on board of that because the rental components of that can be quite higher considering they are uh, freestanding structures. So we're getting ready to enter into a bit of a, a bit of a boom here in that respect. Um, our our rental market is absolutely on fire. Um, it's it's yeah. There's there's definitely definitely uh, um, a big push in that direction right now uh, to get more of that going. Uh, overall, though, uh, total sales were down. We're down. Let me see here, real quick. We're down twenty-seven percent uh, compared to the last year. Um, homes for sale, inventory-wise, only down two percent from the year before, and uh, months of supply is like 0.9. But you know what we found. I mean, as with everybody. Uh, over the summer, things slowed down really well, or slowed down a lot, actually. And then, you know, we have a traditional fall market here, just like, I guess, other markets. A um, little bit of consumer confidence kind of brought back into our market. The last two years have been driven by a number of factors outside of the, the local buyer. So a lot of inter- interprovincial migration come through here. We've had a huge uptick in immigration here. Um, and so, you know, a, a lot of those elements have kind of, started pumping the brakes over the summer and we do have a, a large contingency of international real estate here predominantly coming out of europe so uh um traditionally it's german english um over the pandemic we had a lot of kind of really good news articles about us kicking ass with with the pandemic so we had a huge uptick out of spain 
uh, Italy, uh, Portugal, buying up condominiums down here. So, yeah, I mean, we're just kind of rolling with it right now. Uh, we're actually in a bit of an uptick right now where, where activities kind of spike back up in September. Um, I just ran some data from September 1. We're, we're still getting about 45% of our listings going into competition. There, the, the extreme difference, though, would be the amount that these houses are selling for. So they're kind of kind of dropping into that 25 to 50k range whereas before it was in that 80 to 120 range um so yeah the the volume you know total sales year to date um we're down about 27 percent uh from from this time last year so you know that's and that's and that's i guess expected uh you know as, as everyone's kind of kind of taking a step, a step back what we found last year too on our inventory side like we our inventory really boomed last year we have a couple, you know, a couple of scenarios where you know all that extra inventory over the years um, that didn't sell kind of came it came back into play last year. So it kind of gave the impression that you know the volume wise wasn't sustainable. See, our markets from 2012 to 2019 barely, and I mean barely, kept up with inflation numbers. Or sorry, with uh, yeah, with values that barely kept up with inflation values. So it was very stagnant for a very long time. Our, we turned a corner in 2019, and obviously, you know, the rest is history as we speak, right? So yeah, it's 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 definitely like I said, we're we're, we're in transition. There's no doubt about it. Uh, James, I got a question. Yeah, go ahead. So you're down 27% year to date on yeah. sales, on tr- transaction volume. Yeah. How would that compare to pre COVID sure. kind of years? Yeah. Because, so, I mean, we're, we're down a bunch, but yeah. we're compared to last year, but it's still really strong compared to like a typical year. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I mean, we're still what we call, you know, uh, we're definitely in a good seller's market, but, you know, sales. <laughs> The issue on the sales side of it is our is our inventory, so we're limited to that. Like at one point over the winter this year, uh, like and we're at record lows. One point over the winter, I actually thought we were gonna we were we were under a hundred listings in a city of six hundred thousand, right? So you know it's 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 been really bad in that respect. So the volume really took a big hit this year, even during that peak part of the year, and it's only because we flushed out all of that extra inventory that has hung around during those stagnant years and you know that those sellers end up putting putting on the market so that you know that huge jump in total sales in 21 was uh you know it's it's a tough year to kind of i guess use as a you know as a comparison but in reflection to say 2020 you know we did that was you know 2020 was still a better year than what we are having now only difference probably about seven or eight hundred units so um, I just have a question for both James yep. and Nevin, which is uh, there's a little bit of a background to it though. Like during the COVID period, yep. I remember um, house prices in Toronto at that point were going like just insanely high, and I distinctly recall that a lot of East Coast markets were going up too. And in fact, I think at one point the highest year-over-year growth was in New Brunswick, correct? Uh, which which prior to all of this was super cheap, but it went up thirty percent that year. And the theory that was uh, circulating at that time was that it was like people who couldn't handle the Toronto market anymore, like maybe boomers who were retired, living on fixed incomes, were moving to East Coast markets and other less expensive markets, and that in turn was uh, driving prices up um, in those markets. Now I don't know if that's really the case or not, but do you think that's still happening in East Coast markets? Like a lot of people coming in from Toronto mainly just to 
No, no. I, I think what's been happening that that definitely was driving our market uh, considerably outside of our kind of normal, you know, our normal, I guess, sources for for buyers. But you know, over the pandemic, a lot of the out of province buyers that were coming through, and I think you know, you hit it pretty well there, where you know they they just couldn't compete in those markets. They just didn't have the the capital to do it. And so they pivoted. There's always a connection here in, in, in to Nova Scotia from someone in that dynamic of buyers. You know, they got a cousin here, or they went to school here, or they lived here for a couple of years, etc. And so what we noticed, too, was a massive uptick in inquiries during Ontario's shut last, like that long shutdown that you guys went through. Um, and that shutdown, we had massive inquiries, and that that was our driver right there. They, let, you know, Ontario buyers led the charge on the, you know, sight unseen purchases, uh, you know, no home inspections, that sort of stuff. So there was a bit of a transitionary component to try and reeducate a little bit, you know, that this market, you know, behaves in a different pattern, and 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 uh, and you know, and and we just kind of you know rolled with it from there. So. What, what I've been trying to do at the back end here is, okay, what you know what does that look like here at the local level if that type of a buyer that was coming out of, say, the GTA that couldn't compete uh, to start, you know, building equity and all those good things, you know, how much is that, is that going to have an effect on our market uh, moving forward? Because, yes, they're still there, but they're doing, the, you know, they're, they're, they're setting on their heels. They're, everybody's waiting for the dust to settle a little bit so we get some stability back in the market. Because essentially anybody who's buying a house here now, based on the data we're looking at, we're looking at it from the perspective of, well, if you're buying a house today, there's a really good chance by spring, and especially over the winter, that the value will only uh, decrease more, right? So that's where that pump the brakes component's coming in. Yeah, you know, and I'll chime in, I guess, because I was asked for Newfoundland. I, I didn't like Newfoundland was broken into two sectors. Uh, there was the city, like the St. John's Metro Woods, which was not elderly boomers people who couldn't cut it in toronto was people who did not want to be in toronto they had uh you know they had roots and i'm, and I'm using toronto for like all of canada okay like you know i don't everybody wasn't from there but you know they want they had roots here they had connections here and you know there's still a lot of um great employment white collar there's uh, great industry and stuff in metro so the younger generation let's call like you know the the, the millennials and uh, Gen X and whatnot uh, tend tend to come to the metro area. So a lot of growth in like young families. And the boomers went more rural Newfoundland, which would be more like, you know, Newfoundland tourism, commercial, Oceanside, you know, quaint, slow. Same here. Yeah. That kind of thing. It was broke. So what had happened is um, the Newfoundland real estate market was on fire way more than the St. John's real estate market because areas where the market was basically dead for a long time caught fire whereas the St. John's market always has a certain amount of vibrance to it so it was the tale of two markets and two different the two different sets of buyers okay yeah really interesting stuff thanks thanks guys uh James I just wanted to go back quickly and and touch on something you had said, which was the, the zoning is actually Correct. seemingly much different in, in yep. Halifax than the rest of the country. They're the only ones that seem to be 
you know, actually pushing for, for the yes. fantasy that yeah, we desperately yeah. need. Yeah. So um, I know it's a little bit off topic, but the, sure. the laneway homes, um, the, the one thing, because I, I love these things, I'm obsessed. I talk to people across the country about them. And the one thing that seems to be uh, the missing component is um, the actual, the, the builder, right? You need, you, yeah. you essentially need a specified builder that's going to go and handle all the permitting process, the design process and deliver that completed project. Is that something that you've seen out, uh, out there? Yeah. There's a couple of engineering firms that kind of, cause, okay. So just backtrack a little sec. The center plan has been kind of a decade in the works, uh, came to kind of came forward, started doing all the speeches kind of 2019 and then put into place in 2020. So there's been a lot of engineering firms locally that have been kind of picking apart the center plan to find opportunities. And so we do have a couple of companies here that are in that space right now. So we're doing a lot of prefab stuff, uh, homeowners responsible for, you know, plumbing, electrical, uh, you know, uh, get, get the pad out there, concrete pad, and then they come in and take care of the rest of it from them. Um, essentially what we're seeing is it's a mixed bag, you know, hundred, 150 K investment. And, you know, you get to pick your, pick your design, if you will, and, and away they go. So the, the, the big thing here is what's caught my attention is that it's not as mainstream as I expected, especially on the peninsula, which is, you know, uh, you know, huge university population. Um, and these properties, you know, kind of fit, fit, a fit a, a, a niche market there and huge opportunity because one firm I was dealing with uh, teal architecture I think they were figured out around 7500 lots qualified for for backyard suites or garden suites um, between Halifax and Dartmouth so it hasn't taken off the ground yet uh, my suspicion obviously pandemic and, and construction issues here have uh, hampered that but it's it's definitely something that's uh, in the beginning stages of, of of movement and back on the engineering side and construction. Yeah, there, like I said, there's only about three or four firms that are doing that. Um, but you know, the issue here is, is time, right? Everybody's back ordered two years plus, right? That's the issue yeah. here. Yeah, no, that's that's good to know. I'll be I'll definitely be following how that uh, how that unfolds. Um, okay, I think we've touched a pretty good amount on the on the East Coast. I'd love to go all the way back to where I was born on on the West Coast here. I think we've got Pinnacle in here. I've invited you as a speaker. If you want to, I know you're from uh, coming to us from Vancouver Island. Do you want to chime in and, and maybe give us some boots on the ground experience? Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm Thomas Calla with uh, Pinnacle Homes Group. And uh, yeah, we have a very interesting market here on Vancouver Island. Um, you know, I was born and raised here, so I've been here most of my life. But you know, no disrespect to the rest of Canada, but anyone that can afford it wants to retire here. You know, we seem to have, you know, in my opinion, the best year-round weather in Canada. You can golf, run, bike in the fall and winter. Uh, if it snows, it typically melts the same day or or week. Um, so sorry for you guys from Alberta to the East Coast and you get the heavy snows <laughs> and all that. I spent a few years in Grand Prairie, so I, I don't like the minus 30, minus 40 weather. Um, we're, you know, we're somewhat insulated in Victoria because we're heavy government, education, military, tourism, technology driven industry. And then we just have a ton of people retiring. I mean, back when the market was a lot cheaper, we had everyone and the oil was good in Alberta, everyone from Calgary, Edmonton would just retire here. Now we see a lot of people from Ontario, uh, Ottawa moving this way here. Um, you know, I'll, I'll mainly talk to the greater Victoria market here because that kind of 
the rest of the island slowly follows what happens in Victoria and kind of moves up up North Island there. Um, so as Victoria gets more unaffordable, uh, you know, people move, sell and move to Duncan or Nanaimo. And, you know, a lot of people that can't afford Victoria now are, are settling into the Nanaimo markets or the Parksville or the Canberra River areas. Um, you know, the market from winter 2021 to, to spring 2022 was basically multiple offers, uh, majority being unconditional, um, lots of sight unseen, no inspections, referential offers, basically whatever it took. Um, our sold to list rate ratio at the peak, you know, the market around March was, you know, 105%, um, you know, sold to, to list price. And now we're sitting around that 95, 96%. So we have dropped quite a bit. Uh, multiple offers are really just happening on, on unique properties. You know, some of the properties under a million dollars is, is where we see multiple offers here, but it's few and far between. You know, when it comes to our pricing really got hammered. Um, so like if everything happens in, you know, Vancouver, we're somewhat insulated. So our single family home pricing in, you know, Greater Victoria peaked in March. It was about one3 million for a house and now we're down to about you know million 87 so you know, we've seen about a 17 to 20 percent decrease in pricing from the peak um you know this time last year we're about million 88 so you know, we're pretty much bang on from where we were last year but you know down almost 20 percent from the peak uh our condo market here has actually held its ground you know we're only down about 10 percent and, and townhomes are have actually been the strongest price class of, of all categories you know as people can't afford the single family homes in victoria because you're you know, up, up above a million bucks, they're, they're selling on townhomes. Um, we've seen our sales drop 42% year over year. Um, you know, and for the first 15 days of, of August, we were actually trending towards um, 2008 levels for sales. Uh, you know, when the market crashed in September, October, we were actually trending towards that levels and it was getting quite concerning, but we, you know, we picked it back up um, near the end of, end of August. So it's a bit a bit of a unique market here. Um, the biggest challenge in our market is the the municipal government. You know, besides Langford, the length of time it takes to approve development is you know absolutely insane. Like we have thirteen different municipalities in Greater Victoria, all on different pages and different tangents. Um, you know, condo townhouse sites can take two to four years to rezone. We've had some cities recently allow garden suites and carriage houses in the past few years, but it takes. A year to a year and a half to get a building permit for one um so you know people are trying to add inventory add rental properties um to the, the marketplace but the government's just making the process so so slow um so we have this massive shortage of inventory and a very challenging local government that you know basically builders and developers are, are dealing with on an ongoing basis and then obviously you know with the great latest interest rate hike in the past few months we've seen just developers shelf a lot of projects and some of the bigger developers in victoria walk away from know amazing sites that they had tied up you know so what we're going to see when we get out of these rate hikes and potential recession we're going into is an even bigger bigger shortage you know than we had 12 months ago yeah you know you you hate to hear it especially when it comes down to political policy and and just the government regulation i just wanted to touch i I, you know i don't know much about the victoria market i know the victoria is is beautiful and i know the weather stat you're referring to and i and i tend to agree it's uh it's pretty incredible out there what is the the existing inventory for for smaller multifam or or, um any type of investment property what's it like out there it's it's a bit challenging obviously being in bc um so on the investment section you know we have some challenging tenancy rules, which make it really tricky on investments. Um, when you're buying multifamily with low rents, 
it's it's really challenging to get tenants out to increase the rent. Um, but that being said, you know, if you're buying a, a multifamily that has a lot of vacant vacant rooms or vacant units, um, rents are through the roof. Like we've seen our rents over the past really 12 to 24 months um, skyrocket. A one bed rents around 21 to 2200. Two two beds are around 26 to 2800 right now. So if you can find a property, get it vacant and re-rent it, you're doing extremely well. It's just you got you got to navigate the challenging tenancy rules in BC. Uh, the the challenging tenancy rules aren't just out there, my friend. They're they're right here at home in Ontario as well. Um, Could I ask a quick question about the tenancy rules there? Go yeah. ahead, Scott. Um, so if you buy a pro or if you, if you're a seller that's selling a property with a tenant. Um, provided they're not, you know, in the middle of a, a, a lease or something like that, can you, like, can you give the property vacant? Can you say, hey, listen, I sold the property. Here's your 30 days. The new buyer wants to move in. You you have to move out. So if you're on a month to month with your tenant, there's only two ways that tenant can leave, uh, or essentially three ways, right? The first one is um, the buyer buying that property. It's a 60 day notice. Um, it's two full months that they they as a buyer or immediate family so mother father son or daughter are moving into the unit and they got to be into that unit for at least six months or four month notice due to renovation the major renovation with the permit so those are really the only two ways you can get a tenant out and that notice actually comes from the buyer to the seller the seller serves it on behalf of the buyer and then the other way you know a popular way to do it is is cash for keys. You know, I've I've seen it lately. Um, we've been working on the buy side for a couple of deals, and and the seller had to pay. Uh, one guy was five grand, another one was ten plus to just to get the tenant out of the house, right? So, um, so you're you're, had, you're telling me that if uh, if you convince me that maybe now's the time to start thinking about buying an investment property there for my fifteen or twenty year retirement plan, I can I can at least get a property vacant um, and then re rent it. You, you you have to actually move into it. So you can't just say, I'm going to give you 60 day notice because I'm using it and then put it back on the rental market the next day when you close in the property because that tenant could come after you for a year worth of rent. And we've seen that happen a few times. So you got to be very careful in what you do. Thanks. Uh, and I do have one question, if I may, for Thomas. Absolutely. You, you mentioned that this is very interesting to me, so I'd like a little like you to elaborate. You mentioned that the townhome market is holding strong; the prices really haven't dropped, but that that like say detached has dropped. What like is the spread still extremely significant to the point that people can't move to the detached and they need to stick with the tech? Like, why do you think that that is held while the other assets have not? It's the same thing, you know, townhouses, the, the median townhouse is under a million, whereas your, your single family homes, you're still up over a million dollars, right? Which comes into a different factor. You got to be 20% as soon as you cross that 999 magic number. Um, so our townhouses in August, our median was about 770,000, whereas our median single family home in the core was 1.1 and, you know, Greater Victoria as a whole was a million 87, right? So there is still a pretty big gap from townhouses to single family homes. So people just can't get over that 20% down number over a million dollars um, to, to get into a single family home. So they, they resort, especially with interest rates going up, you know, most people's buying power has dropped 20 to 25%. So, you know, what could have bought a, a single family home in January, February in, in Victoria, um, they're not even close to it now. And what was the peak of the spread? So like the, I guess the largest spread between, between town and, and, and single what like what did that represent because it sounds like now it's like um probably three hundred thousand. 
what was the, yeah, it, what it was, was the was, max peak? It, it was close to close to four hundred thousand. Um, townhouses peaked a little later than the single family homes. You know, single family homes were in March. That's when we really started to see um, the market change here when the restrictions were slightly lifted around spring break in March and the first interest rate hike came out, we noticed our buyer traffic on our listings showing wise went way down and it just never recovered from there um, to a point where in, in July and August, we had about 15 active listings and we went seven to 10 days without having a single showing on, on our listings. And if we had a buyer come through, it was like we discovered discovered fire for the first time. It was an you know amazing event, right? So. Um, townhouses were, and condos were slightly behind the single family home market. That first interest rate hike put people down a price class and then they started buying up the townhouses and the condos. Really interesting. Thanks, Thomas. Um, so I do want to just rhyme off a couple uh, of stats here and some takeaways from the CREA report that came out. Then I'd love to go to uh, maybe Jordan and, and Peter and some, and some Ontario uh, GTA agents here. Um, so first of the national price is down 4.6% year over year, but every province except Ontario is up in price per year over year. So to further understand that Ontario only went down 1%. Now, statistically, that doesn't really sound like it makes sense, but 36% of Canadians live in Ontario. So 140,000 out of the 667,000 transactions in Canada were in Ontario last year, and 20% of all those residential transactions took place in Ontario in 2021. Um, Jordan, Peter, either you gentlemen want to want to hop in here and maybe give us some uh, some updates from from the center of the world here. Sure, I'll start. Peter will be more uh, more qualified to talk about the resale side of things. I know also we got some other big resale agents in the chat. We got Dimitri and Nasma lurking quietly as listeners right now. I see that. Um, I'd love Nasma, to hear their... Dimitri, if you want to hop in, just let me know. Please request. Yeah, I'd love to hear their takes too. Um, firstly, I'm a little offended by the notion that everybody across Canada wants to retire in Victoria because <laughs> it's so beautiful. Obviously, Mr. Pinnacle has never seen the Scarborough Bluffs or heard of Sherway Gardens or Moss Park, but uh, Toronto's got its corners too, man. Um, no, but in terms of the pre-construction side of things, like I will tell you that I'm getting two or three calls every day from people who do not want to close on their units. They bought four or five years ago, interest rates being a big part of it. Many of them you know, only have fifty, seventy-five thousand dollars profit in the deal at current market, right? Because they would have paid a 10, 15% premium four or five years ago. Market hasn't moved for condos in the last two years. Well, it did. It dipped, recovered, dipped again. So if you look at, you know, kind of 2020 versus 2022 condo prices are very similar, depending on building, obviously depending on neighborhood, but more or less, you know, within a 10% band of each other. Uh, so I've never seen so many assignments coming to market. I mean, I've got just personally, I've got like probably 10 coming online this week um, and this weekend. Um, now, granted, a good chunk of those people can't afford to close if push, push comes to shove. I'm more worried about the people who can't afford to close. And the other thing I'm seeing is that commodity projects, so new launches, cookie cutter stacked 50 story, you know, every unit's the exact same, 17, 1600 a foot. Those projects are having severe trouble selling. And I know that because I'm getting, I'm getting called every two days. Hey, do you have any clients? Do you have any worksheets? So in that case, like, what worries me about that is, well, if they can't hit their 75% sales target, um, they don't get their construction financing and they can't break ground on that. Now, the flip side of that that I will say is that some projects are doing 
surprisingly well currently. So, for example, Tridel has a project in Mississauga on the waterfront called Harbor Walk, where um, you know they have these lake facing one, uh, these lake facing basically two million dollar terrace units. There's only 22 of them, and my team alone, and we're just one team, we have 10 worksheets for all of 22 units. Um, and, and across the project, across the other types of units that Tridel is offering, we have probably 25 worksheets. Um, and so that site looks like it, it will sell out on launch, um, or it'll sell out of whatever Tridel is willing to release, right? So it really is project dependent. Some projects are doing surprisingly well. The differentiating factor, as far as I'm concerned, between what's selling and what isn't, is the end user focused stuff, the stuff that's attractive to downsizers and empty nesters, that stuff is selling. And then the commodity, you know, your your investor friendly type uh, type units, the junior one bedrooms with the really extended deposit structure, like that type of inventory is really hard to move because obviously investors are playing the wait and see game. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what I'm, uh, what I'm seeing out there, but I will, Oh, I'll also tell you this. We're having a lot. So our actual lead flow and traffic pre like it hasn't changed. We're still getting, we're still getting, you know, 2000 leads a month, like still a ton of web traffic, 90,000 hits a month. Um, but what I will say is like my team is now taking a lot of those people out on the resale market. So they're looking at the price on the pre-construction market. They're looking at the price on the resale market. And the, that used to be, you know, it used to be, okay, well, yeah, I'm paying more than it's worth on the resale market for this condo, but there's good, I, I feel good about future price growth, therefore I'm willing to spend that. Now that question in people's head isn't such a resounding, yes, it'll be worth that on closing. And so I think you're seeing a lot of people look at that price difference because obviously the cost of construction, everything's come up. So now it's a 20, 30% premium to buy pre-construction. And a lot of people are just saying, well, you know what? Let's go out and, and, and view on the resale market. So all, all, like every agent on my team is suddenly has three, four, five resale clients on the go, which is not typical for us. So that's definitely one trend that I'm uh, noticing. Thanks, man. And that's really interesting to see how kind of buyer sentiment and psychology has, has now adapted to that. Um, also, I don't feel it's surprising that kind of the average condo stock is, is sitting a little stagnant right now. I feel like that's... Uh, uh, yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Um, Nazma, Peter, either you want to chime in and uh, maybe shed some light on the on the resale market in the GTA. Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll jump in quickly and I'll let Nazma take it from there. Um, to Jordan's point, um, everyone here has been. I guess it's all an East Coast West Coast thing. Everybody's been so polite, but like from what I've been seeing, scouring the assignment groups, um, assignments are fucked. Pardon my language. Um, but moving on, I'm, I'm mostly in York region, so like the 905. Um, I can let Nazma speak to the 416 and, and, and a little bit more uh, what she's seeing there. But for the most part, um, obviously we've taken the biggest hit in terms of price. But the surprising thing is with the amount of waning demand, uh, waning demand out there, um, new listings really are is flat. Like even on a 10-year average, it's flat or just below so it's not like we're being flooded with supply uh, either, which is sort of putting this, this floor on pricing um, at this point. So that's a positive thing. Uh, in terms of uh, multiple offers, I'm not seeing much. Where I am specifically, it's, you know, used to, it's just a balanced market, it seems like, where it's one-on-one. -on -one. Very rare, unique properties are getting it. Obviously, it's like a, a pageant show. But, uh, you know, things have been pretty stable so far, I'd say, in the last four weeks. 
Um, yeah, but aside from that, uh, I'll let Nasma take it. As as far as as home inspections and uh, and open houses and stuff, are you seeing what the what our friends on the east and west coast have seen as well? Yeah, we've been having like out here in the like nine oh five. Dan's Dan and I are not too far from each other. We home inspections have been happening for three four months now. Like it, it's it's constant. Uh, you know, it hasn't been. Uh, I think I think the major metropolitans like probably GTA and greater Vancouver area have probably been seeing this. We were probably the first to tip over because we were just the frothiest markets. So we've, we've been experiencing it for at least three months now. I'm shocked that inspectors still exist. Uh, inspectors still exist in your market. It was so long. What did <laughs> these people do? Were they all on the CERB? Like, you know what? what a, couple, a couple of guys I know took up side jobs doing different projects. And uh, my, my main guy basically just retired. He's uh, he's doing uh, rental projects in uh, St. John's. <laughs> I thought they all became realtors, but maybe I was mistaken. <laughs> well, that's doctors. Doctor, all the doctors did. Oh, right. Uh, Nazma, you want to shed some light on uh, Toronto for us? Yes, thanks for inviting me. Um, first off, inspectors, they don't all do um, for buyers. A lot of them do listing inspections, right? Pre-home uh, inspections, like pre-list home inspections. Uh, so they were still working. Um, okay, in terms of uh, buyers, I'd say they're just like kind of window shopping, a lot of browsing, which is fine. I mean, I totally understand. There's zero urgency. Um so, yeah, people, you know, just like Jordan said, there's, you know, there's leads, there's people coming in saying they want to buy, but it's not like before where, you know, if you don't buy now, next week, you're going to pay 100000 more for the same house. Now it's like you are incentivized by waiting because now it might be 100 k less in a month, right? So now it's really just like, you know, taking their time. Um, also... Um, I'd say also, yes, you, you know, you're going to have showings, it's steady or whatever, but that doesn't mean that it's, it's super hot and yeah, like it's selling. Okay. It's selling. But if you compare it to February, it's miserable. Like it's not selling like it was in February. It's, it's by no means, um, normal, like the normal that we're used to. Um, so anyway, so it's still slow and the offers that come in, I will say like, there's some areas that, you know, this is the thing for buyers right now, the house has to be absolutely perfect. And I tweeted this a while back and I got so many people saying, oh, what do you mean? There's no listing." I, I was saying like there's no listings out there or whatever it would be. I didn't mean there's no listing. So okay, you have to understand when a buyer is looking for a house, let's say detached, whatever, it has to be the absolute perfect house in this market. You know, no flaws. Otherwise, they have zero motivation to buy it. Right. So. Anyway, so the house has to be perfect. And also on the selling side, this is what I would like to know is there's not a lot of listings because everyone got the memo now. Everyone knows the market is shit. Okay, people are not inclined to sell and like, you know, liquidate, make money or profit. There's no profiting to be made anymore. People tried that in the beginning of the shift now you're better off you know now what they're doing is they're renting it out you know if their tenants getting out um they're you know, let's say their tenant moves out they're not calling and saying hey i want to sell or i'm thinking of selling what do you think i mean they might say what do you think but once they realize what the house could sell for or would sell for or how long it'll sit on the market or whatever they will opt to rent it out and sometimes 
they were listed for sale and it doesn't have really good activity. And so, and then they switch to renting it out, right? So at least they're getting good. I mean, at least the rental market is good for sellers, right? Because then they have option B. Um, the other thing I'll say about, oh, this is another thing I wanted to mention. Um, we don't have a lot of sellers because this is still the beginning. I, I, I feel like people think that this is just, you know, oh, yeah, this is how it's going to be. I think there's worse months ahead. Um, and we still, you know, these these sellers or whoever, let's say investors, usually investors have variable rates, right? Variable rates are creeping up. What's going to happen in a few months when we have more rate hikes? What do you think will happen? Right? Yeah, rents are high. But in a lot of cases of people who bought recently, it's not really breaking even, right? Especially with these higher rates. So anyway, point is, I think we might see a little bit more offloading, right? Because they just, it doesn't make sense for them anymore. You know, maybe the mortgage is too high. And especially when people have like a problem tenant, those are the first ones that are going to want to freaking sell the house and like be done with it because it's not even worth their energy, right? Uh, anyway, that's one thing. The, other, the last point I'll make is, renewals um which is kind of like i touched on it with the you know the the investors but renewals is another thing that i you know i don't don't know if people really realize but a lot of our clients and whoever friends they're coming up for renewal right now they have started since the rates have went up and it's going to continue in the next year people who have rates of whatever, 2%, 3%, you know, now they're looking at 5%, right? And now they're thinking, okay, do I do 5% fixed uh, for five years? Do I do variable and then risk, you know, high? So it's tough out there. You know, there's one person who told me he, he had a mortgage and in 12 months, a variable, and in 12 months, it, the payment, the monthly payment went up, went up by $1,000, right? And now it's going to continue to go because there's more rate hikes coming. So, I think that's going to be another factor in all of this where maybe some people will opt to sell, right? And and then just rent out or something. So anyway, that's all I had to say. No, that was uh, that was really interesting. I, and I'm, I'm going to pull you back in because I just, I, I, I want to get your opinion on this. I, so I feel like really what I'm getting from you is sentiment is, is having a major driving force in, in the overall economy right now, but especially in... Uh, in the real estate market. So what are you, and I'd like to pose this question and maybe we can wrap up after this unless we've got some other people that want to jump in, but I'd like to pose this question to maybe some of the speakers we've had across the country. What are you advising your clients right now to do, whether they're homeowner, home buyer, or, you know, trying to get into the market? Um, what's the general sentiment? And, And I mean, again, myself on the mortgage side and the investing side, Nevin and I started the conversation off by this with, you know, there's there's a lot of explanation, you know, explanatory phone calls right now and and, and handholding and reworking the numbers and, and whatnot. So I just love to get it. We've got some amazing top realtors here. I'd love to get uh, to get your insights on this. And Peter, maybe we'll start with you because you've had you've had your hand up there. Yeah, that's fine. I, I can move on to that. But a lot of great points by Nazma. Um, uh, again, it's all situational. Per- Guys, it's uh, Nasma with an S. Guys, I, it kills me when you say it with a Z. Nasma. Okay, sorry to interrupt. No worries. Nasma. Uh, yeah, so uh, again, like I said, it's it's pretty situational. Um, depending on who, per- if, if someone's just looking to jump into the market, I'd say, you know, like, stay patient. 
don't don't jump jump in right now. If someone's a move up buyer, well, you know there uh, there are opportunities. If you're if you're looking at what a condo would have sold for in the city in February versus now, and what uh, let's say a detached in let's just say in York Region would have, there's a huge gap that 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 you've sort of narrowed down, right? You went from probably. 50 to 70 grand loss on that condo but you're looking at three four hundred grand on the house too so uh, again it's all pretty much situational yeah understood thanks peter and, and sorry about that nasma i'll uh <laughs> correct myself there as well um what is uh what i wonder if people have been hearing anything about a uh, potential 40-year am um i in the mortgage space i've had some clients that have that have heard it uh, I don't know whether it's in the deep, dark spots of Reddit or, or if there's been more mainstream news about it. But uh, is that something that, that we personally think could could help things? Personally, I think it's an absolutely horrible idea. Um, but I have had some more uh, unsophisticated investors or just some people I'm working with come to me and ask me about that. I'm just wondering if I'm the only one. I haven't heard a thing like no about the you know long amortizations or anything like people are only realizing that rates are up right now like you know in my market like it's like people have literally only started talking about rates in like the last 10 days uh, i think it's just like the only thing i've heard is treb has been pushing for it the toronto real estate board has been asking on it for renewals yeah okay okay great um is there anyone else that uh, that wants to jump in? Uh, we, we had a couple of people queued up. Um, Chris Matlaszewski for Calgary and David Thompson for Winnipeg. And yeah. I'd really love to hear on Calgary. If you I'd love to hear Chris Calgary, too. I've been trying to get them in. I need to kick someone out here and able to, in order to get them in. Yeah, it's Agent Chris Matt, Chris Matlaszewski for Calgary. So, because Calgary's been like the hot market of the West Coast or the Western Canada, from what I understand. So, I really want to know what's happening there. Yeah, Chris. Okay, Chris, I just did invite you, invite you to speak here. Let me know if you've uh, received that. Chris, no. And then we have David Thompson there for uh, Winnipeg, which, you know, be very interested to see if that is still stable. That's been a stable market for so, so long. Curious to see if there's any cracks showing there. Yeah, okay. Let me, uh, sorry, everybody, trying to, these two gentlemen in right here. You've both been invited. Maybe if you, if, uh, David, Chris, if I could get you guys to request to speak, um, I have invited you both, but it doesn't seem to be getting through here. Um, just to jump in there, you guys can also DM me. I'll walk you through the process if that's easier. Just DM me, send me a message, send me a tweet, and help out. Chris and David, could you guys raise your hands if you're getting my uh, if you're getting my in, in request to speak here, or maybe raise your hand if you're not. Can I make one point while we're waiting? Yes, please. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's also another like thing. I know people don't sympathize with like sellers and like, oh, you're greedy, you're making money, whatever. Okay, but 
you know, there's people out there also that let's say they're living in a one bedroom condo, right? And now they have a baby. And, you know, in an older market, it, it would have been very simple and easy. Okay, let's put this up for sale and let's buy something else, right? Now, there are some condos that will never sell. <laughs> like it's just like months and months on it's like hopeless like they're just sitting there no showings no hope right in the near future maybe um I, and i know you're saying oh just reduce the price okay but reduce until what like some of these are like 400k reduced to what 200k like what what exactly is going to attract anyone um and and there comes a point where it doesn't even make sense to reduce they don't even have margins like they don't even have anything that will help them to move on to the next really their option and what do they do in this situation they they just i mean they lose money on it then now they can't buy now they go out into the rental market which is also cutthroat so anyway it's a tough uh, i don't think people really realize like there's a lot of people in difficult spots right now because the market is the way it is and when you said buyer sentiment it's not just buyer sentiment it's, it's the rates these rates are tough plus it's reducing what people can afford like their their qualification now right so which i mean it, it might be a good thing anyway that's it. Yeah, I'll just speak to the rates for for a quick second there. I mean, I've, you know, we've been having some tough conversations where, you know, people that have been looking for the past couple months and haven't found the right spot are now watching their buying power dissipate with every new rate hike. And, and you know, it's my job to tell them that, unfortunately, I don't think these are, we're done with these yet. So, uh, no, you're right. It's the rate hikes that are really doing a lot of the destruction here. Um, it looks like we figured out we got Chris in here. Chris, thanks for joining us. Sorry about those technical difficulties. Why don't you tell us what's going on in, in beautiful Calgary? No problem. Well, as typical, you know, we're the forgotten sister of the major city. So uh, I, I feel that's put just par for the course. But um, Oh, don't say that. <laughs> uh, no worries. The, you know what? It's funny. You know, Korea came out with that stat uh, a couple of weeks ago. They were talking about the average income, you know, pairing that to the um, – to the uh, uh, average income to uh, to home prices, you know, and, and Calgary's got some of the best, you know, income earners in the city, um, you know, for our price points that we're at. So, you know, that's kind of where I would uh, segue into things. But it was interesting listening to James's um, uh, uh, spin on what's going on out in Halifax there because, you know, we're experiencing a lot of the same uh, labor issues out here. We've got you know, tons of opportunity for new builds, uh, new construction, laneway homes, um, and we just can't get the labor. And, and I'm feeling the growing pains myself. Um, you know, we're we're getting set to you know go into that. Unfortunately, I think I've I've got a contractor, but you know we're paying premiums for you know contractors right now. We we're you know. Um, talking to tradespeople, they're not even showing up if they are making an appointment it's it's just bizarre so you know uh even with inflationary measures um you know labor shortages is the operative word there but you know overall um calgary you know with its massive urban sprawl is going through a thing of uh uh asking how the market is and, and it really does depend you know over the last couple of years pre-pandemic during the pandemic you know, you could talk about the uh, the ugly sister or the black swan being the apartment sector. It was hit so harsh. Um, you know, single family sort of kept pace. And it's always been the fact that we've just been lacking on inventory or, or, or good inventory to have. And, you know, of recent um, townhomes have been on fire. Um, you know, inventory, uh, just due to the affordability, rate hikes have certainly affected some of the things. Um, 
Apartments, though, we're starting to see a lot of that inventory swallow, which is really positive to see. Um, and then, you know, you talk about that urban, or I was talking about the urban sprawl, and it's interesting because at the price point of, you know, 800000 that you could, you know, buy a, a, a decent home in the city centre or close to the core, that market... Uh, we're starting to see inventory levels rise. But if you start going out, you know, uh, 20 minutes outside of the city center, you know, 30 minutes, 700 to a million, you just can't find product right now. It's, it's, it's a challenge. And, you know, Nevin, um, you know, got me on to like sending out letters on behalf of clients. That's, it's almost become a full-time job for, you know, my assistant to find product or at least decent product. So, you know, Calgary's a little bit all over the place. You know, we're not super hopping, but we're not struggling. Um, and that that would kind of be my take. And, you know, rents, like it sounds like the rest of the nation um, it is up. You know, we've got probably 1% vacancy rate right now. And I don't even know if it's that high. You know, two bedrooms, 2100 bucks. You know, three bedroom homes, 2600 bucks. Townhomes, 2200 bucks. So, I mean that's that's kind of uh, that's kind of what, what's going on in Calgary here. That's my two minute take. Did I lose anybody? No, we all do. Hey, oh, sorry, guys. My my, uh, my mic was muted. I was going to say thanks for hopping in there, Chris. You know, funny enough, Calgary actually shares the the spot with both Oakville and Regina, tied at minus one point one percent at the uh, the best performing month over month markets. Um, kind of sounds like a, a new market that we're entering into. There's we all familiar with the bull and the bear market. I, I saw a, a new there's a new market apparently, which is the kangaroo market. It sounds like Calgary fits that bill. Um, moving along, no more bad jokes. David, why don't you tell us what's going on in uh, in Winnipeg? Well, the market here has definitely been affected like most other places in the country. Um, you know, we've had it at like a lot of places, an absolutely insane seller's market for 10 years, at least 10 years where there's been, you know, strong, strong bidding wars on everything. But that that's definitely changed in the last, you know, two, three months for sure. But, uh, you know, we don't see dramatic drops in prices. We just, um, you know, educate our sellers to tell them that uh, you're probably not going to get 20 offers anymore and that um, I personally am not doing the, the offer date. Um, I'm discussing what a reasonable number is with the seller, trying to manage their expectations and then putting it on and, you know, looking at offers as they come in. Um the other thing I'd like to say is, you know, if you've been a realtor for like five years or less, uh, I know that this kind of market is definitely going to come as a big shock. But the thing is, is that every every single market offers an opportunity, not only for, you know, for, for a buyer or a seller, but for a realtor. You just shift paradigm. Um, you know, if you, for example... Any buyer that you've been working with that's been disappointed over the last three, four, five years because you're in the GTA uh, or you're in Vancouver or wherever where, you know, 300 grand over list with no conditions didn't get you the offer. 
I bet you that if you have a list of those kind of people and you reach out to them, this is a perfect what I call the window of opportunity to buy. Because the truth is, is that all markets, the definition of a market is they go up, they go down. Realistically, although I have no crystal ball, it, it's likely that the markets are going to change again, maybe in the next six months, because, um, you know, I, I don't think interest rates are going to continue to go up and up and up and up forever. Eventually, the markets, the rates are going to come down and the market's going to boom again. So uh, a, a young buyer that's had difficulty getting into the market, this is a great what I call window of opportunity for them to buy. All of my investor clients are always bugging me for deal quote deals because they want to flip or they want to buy and hold. This is when I reach out to them and say, you know what? If you're a real investor, if you're if you're real, this is when Warren Buffett would say to buy hard, buy right now because you know this is when the market is providing you with opportunities. So that's another strategy that I've been employing is reaching out to any of my investor buyers and. Uh, you know, saying again, this this is the time to buy. So, we we have the same thing here in as as most of Canada. We've been impacted by interest rates, but there's still lots of opportunities. You know, 1,100 homes sold in Winnipeg, um, in in uh, in August. So, you know, there's still there's still business there if you know if you know how to leverage it. Yeah, great take. Thanks. Thanks, David. Uh, Nevin, David, do you want to hop back in there? Yeah, 1,100 sales for the month of August. How is that traditional? Like, how does that compare to, you know, traditional years? Is that pretty typical or is that up? Is that down from what you would normally see? That That's a little bit down. I mean, it's been, it's been you know, very busy the last, you know, like most markets in Canada, that's been very busy. Uh, so, you know, we may have had 13 or 1400 sales last August, but you know, if I'm working with a young realtor, I say, you know what, if there's 1100 sales in a month, that means there's 2200 commission checks up for grabs, 2200 commissions. So, you know, if you as a realtor want a half a dozen of those and, you know, you look at yourself in the mirror, you go, can I get six of those 2200 checks? You know, you, you probably can. So um i think as i said before if you're a young realtor this cross canada market is a bit of a shock to the system but if you've been doing it for a while then then you've worked in all kinds of markets and then you just you know you just shift i mean darwin said it's not the strongest of the species that survive it is those that are the most adaptable to change to change that do so if you can change on a dime and realize that a good buyer now is is worth the same or more than a good listing was six months ago. You just shift around and you ride it out till rates go down again, which they will, and then the, the seller's market will boom again. So, um, yes, the market has definitely changed here and in everywhere, but I think that there's still if your if your mindset changes with that, there's still tons of opportunity in every single Canadian market. You know, I think that it'd be interesting, you know, for anybody to comment. I still think that every Canadian market has pricing higher than pre-COVID. Like, you know, these, all this downward pricing, this downward pressure. I mean, I think we need to be careful that, you know, it's not too much that the the market has completely fallen apart. Um, It's a hangover. I mean, it cannot pop the way it popped without having a pullback. I think it's Nevin, just natural market fundamentals. Nevin, I think, you know what, sorry to interrupt you, I think you're 100% right. Um, 
you know, when COVID started, nobody knew how that would affect, you know, our industry and, and every industry and what it did to the real estate industry across Canada was one boom. So you're right. I mean, in, in, in our market, no matter what's going on in the market currently, our average sale price is still much higher than it was, you know, 30 months ago. And the same thing with interest rates, you know, when I have a 25 year old buyer freaking out that a five year mortgage is 5% or whatever it is, and they say, boy, you know, that's horrible. I say, well, you know, there have been real estate markets where rates have been 10, 12, 14%, 5% is still historically, if you look at things from a historical perspective, that's what Fred Flintstone had on his house. So um, I think it's all about how you frame things and uh but i would agree with you that definitely that you know certainly in our market even with downward pressure because of the interest rates the average sale price in our market is still higher than it was 30 months ago yeah that's great thanks thanks for that david um i think we're going to try to wrap up here here sooner than later everybody nevin james i just maybe like a couple more finishing comments there's been some requests to i, I posed the question a little while ago what are you know what are the realtors in the chat uh here or in the space story what are you guys advising your advising your clients whether they're homeowners or home buyers right now i just love a quick little um anecdote maybe for from each of you before we before we sign off uh, close on your unit. Don't assign it because the assignment market is the weakest it's it's been. Uh, if you bought a pre-construction five years ago, and and your assumption was this is an investment property, well, uh, you know you got the shit end of the stick. Market didn't go the way you wanted, but selling it for a loss doesn't doesn't make sense in most cases. It depends on each individual's financial situation, but extend your time horizon. Um, I'm, I thought I was bullish till I heard David speak. I'm going to give King bull crown to David. Um, but, uh, for me, like, <laughs> you know, he, if you extend the, uh, extend your time horizon out five, five, 10 years, things probably look a lot better. Um, and the assignment market is doing nobody any favors right now. So I wouldn't compete in that space. Yeah. I think, I think that's a good overall takeaway. Um, in just the sense that you know, if you look at the last few recessions, they do they do take a few years to recover from. So it really goes back to that: Are you a real estate investor or are you a speculator? Uh, Chris, you just rejoined. Why don't you give us your two cents on uh, what you're advising your clients? Yeah, well, uh, due to lack of inventory right now, um, I would say if you've got good product and you're you're ready to sell, you know, if we can find you something, um, let's get into the market here. Uh, if you're ready to test out the market, Calgary is still not the place to, uh, you know, throw it out there and see. But um, we're still uh, we're still at market value and we're trending well. Great. James, do you want to chime in? Yeah, I think for me, <clears throat> for a lot of my clients right now, it's, it, it comes down to, you know, opportunity for, you know, where, you know, where are you going to be? Where, where are things going to be going? So, you know, with a lot of the buyer clients, if it's a long-term purchase for them, um, you know, what's happening today is not going to make, you know, a whole lot of a difference in, you know, seven, eight, ten years down the line. But ultimately, uh, on the selling side, we're, you know, we do have a bit of a window as of right now. My suspicion is over the winter, things are going to slow down quite a bit. And, you know, the push is on for, you um, 
you know, yeah, the selling conditions will be better in the spring, but values will be lower, no doubt about it. So now, now is the time for, for a lot of sellers, and we've seen that a large uptick in inventory numbers here, um, here in September. But like I said, it's not ideal, but, you know, life goes on. And added as a, you can get, you can, you can close us off here. Are you there? No? Okay. Hey, hey, hey. Well, oh, there you go. Okay. Sorry, I was having audio issues. Hey, I'm just no, curious. No, uh, no worries. No worries. Curious with David, what were you advising your clients in December, January, February of this year? What was I advising my clients? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, um, at that time, the uh, as far as I can remember, interest rates had not changed. The market was still on fire in Winnipeg. So um, I, I mainly work with sellers. So at the time, I was just advising them to price the pro the you know the property appropriately. Uh, we would pick, a, you know, a date for offers, and in in the winter and in early spring, we still were experiencing multiple offers. I had like twenty two offers on one property, so um, that's what I was that's what I was advising them that we that the market at that time was still very strong, and that there would be a high likelihood of multiple offers. I've completely changed that now, of course, but um, mar you know, up until maybe six or seven weeks ago the market was still on fire here in Winnipeg hey everyone signing on and, and putting up with me my first time doing this uh, hope I did it justice uh, for everyone listening uh, if you want to hear more of, of my voice or, or Dan's voice, which I'm sure we all enjoy a bit more, uh, we do have a podcast together, so check that out. We, we cover Korea stats and, and a whole bunch of other good topics. Uh, until then, I, uh, I'll see everyone next week, and uh, have, a great, have a great weekend, everybody.